It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. She's hit me up before and said, like, you know, this is, this is crazy. Like, you're a huge inspiration to me. And it's just like, you don't even understand how bad I didn't want to be in your class when I was in it. <laughs> Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. Oh, don't threaten me with the guitar. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. What's up with it? All right, there we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am extremely excited about my next guest, the one and only Jay Skis. Man, I've been doing a bit of research coming into this interview and and watching your career, and it's so impressive to see where you're at. You just recently signed, and by recently you've been signed by Conway for for a little bit right now. I know you're working on a project. Um, you have just released a single, Been Hustling. You've got a project that came out this year as well, The Authenticity Check, um, and it just feels like your stock is coming up um, real big, man, but it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Hey, man, salute, man. Thank you for tapping in. You know, I'm excited to be here as well, man, you know, and uh, like you were saying, like I've been putting in a lot of work, you know, and it's, it's great to be here. You know, salute and shout out to Conway. That single you were talking about, that's actually um, El Camino. That's his single um, that I'm featured on. But um, yeah, man, Authenticity Check, you know, with Big Ghost. You know, that joint that joint has been going crazy. Um, shout out to Big Ghost. Um, I got the EP that came out this year, um, Iroquois Pliskin. And that joint, that joint had, you know, it was, I had Stove got on there. I had, you know, Conway on there. I had Flea Lord on there. You know, uh, Coda Sevilla was on there. So, you know, I've been working, man, and it's and I'm not stopping either. You know, I'm still putting in a lot of work. So it's good to be here. How does it feel to now get, like, it feels like you're getting runs on the board. It feels like you're, like, the momentum has really built up. Like, does it feel like that for you as well? Because from the outside in, it looks like, there's some real kind of like it's building really nicely now. No, it definitely, um, it feels like, it feels like I'm almost there. You know what I mean? Um, back before I started, you know, really tapping in with Conway and before I signed with Conway, you know, I never was getting, you know, the different bro- uh, blog looks. I never was, I never could go on Twitter and, you know, search my name and, you know, see people having real conversations about, you know, Jay skis. I, you know, it's, it's a lot of things that I've done over the last almost two years that have really put me in a different conversation. And I'm, I've always been about separating myself from um, from other artists, whether it may have been locally or, you know, just people that I may get grouped in with. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of the things that I've done, you know, like I said, over the last two years, especially this year with like, you know, the project with Big Ghost and, you know, getting features from like Conway, from Flea Lord, from some of these some of these different rappers, El Camino, you know, it's it's helped me create that that separation that I like to have because I want people to know like I'm serious. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very serious uh, artist. I'm serious about my craft, and you know I want to be mentioned with the greats. Like I, I don't want to come into the game and you know have people think, oh no, he's just he's just getting his feet wet. So you know we can't put him in that conversation with certain artists. And it's like nah, 
As soon as, as soon as you get you get worried about me and what I bring to the table, I want to be mentioned with you know the people that get that respect and the people that you love. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of the lane that I'm carving for myself as I continue to grow. Well, it's definitely showing, and it's interesting that you bring up like you wanna you wanna garner a lot of respect. And and the way I look at hip hop right now is like there's like almost two lanes that you can go in. You can go like the lyrical and like the real bars. And that's where like, you know, the, the goats talked about, and then you can go down the other route, which is like making more of the trappy kind of just like popular music. Do you find that as well? That like, it feels like there's a little bit of a split in terms of where hip hop has headed. Um, I hear what you're saying. I think, I think the way that hip hop has evolved, I think, you know, that it's always been that anyway, you know what I mean? Like there, for a long time, I'm not gonna say always, but for a long time, it's been that, you know, you had, you know, artists who make, you know, I guess party records and you got artists who make, you know, your message may have more of a, more of a deeper message. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like the balance between having, you know, the Kendricks and then you have the Drakes and they both can actually cross over and do what each other does. You know what I mean? Kendrick made swimming pools. Drake has made, you know, uh, what's one of his deeper songs, you know, any of the song, any of the timestamp songs where, you know, 6 p.m. in New York or whatever the case is. Um, I think it that those two lanes have existed for a long time. You know, hip hop was founded on, you know, creating music that was educating people. And then over time, you know, because of the beats and everything, it made it fun. So you could make those fun party records and then you could make those more informational, more uh more educational records too. So I think it's, it's something that has always been there. I don't think that it's something that has become more prevalent because it's just always been there. But what I do think is um, the more, you know, obviously the more mainstream sound is going to be like that party sound because, you know, that's what I guess sells more and that's, you know, it's easier to listen to and digest for a lot of people. So I think, um, you know, if you want to go the mainstream route, that's more so what you're going to, you know, you're going to create that, you know what I mean? As opposed to if you don't really care about that, if you have an actual message, if you have something that you want people to understand and you want to talk about and you want to connect with people on a different level, then, you know, you'll speak to that point. But I don't think it's, I don't think that it's uh, something that is more prevalent now because it's kind of always been there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think maybe we just feel it now because of social media a bit more. Yeah, I, I, I think I that's it's like amplified everything. For a fact, for a fact, I, I agree with that because you know you, and then you have like before, you know, you had a lot of rappers who would speak to you know different media outlets, whether it might have been like the Source magazine or it might have been Vibe magazine. Whereas now, if I'm a rapper or you know I do hip hop, you know or whatever, I can go on Twitter and I can tweet the way I feel about something, and that's within like ten seconds. So the information is you know constantly coming out. It's being digested by more people because not everybody back in the day read the source or read the vibe. You know what I mean? Well, how has it been for you? Because obviously, you know, starting at a young age, you know, you started rapping very young. I think I read you had your first show at like thirteen years old. Like you were extremely young have you seen like the transition between like what the scene was in hip-hop when you started versus where it is right now um i mean for sure i think you know when i was younger again it was kind of like it was like that that era where 
you know, a lot of the magazines and blogs were just getting started. You know what I mean? So it was like more so like the source was like where you would go for all your information. BET was where you would go for all your hip hop information. Like I grew up on uh, Rap City, you know what I'm saying? And hip uh, 106 and Park. Those are like staples in my upbringing in hip hop. And, you know, going to the music stores, like there was a music store that was around the corner from me where I would go and get all the instrumental CDs. And that was how I would like learn how to rap. I would listen to those and I would like rap over those. You know what I mean? But you had to go to the music store to go and get your, uh, your I'm sorry, your instrumental CDs. You know what I mean? Whereas now, you know, you can go to hiphopdx.com or you can go to Complex or you can go, you know, to Hypebeast or you can go on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. And just like the information is right there. You, you have all of your favorite MCs and your favorite artists at your fingertips all the time. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot different in that regard. Um, and I feel like back in the day, too, you know, you had to it was just like a certain level of skill that you had to have to even be considered really an MC. And that was like real big for me. Like you can almost, you can feel it in my music. You know what I mean? Because I, I come from that era. Whereas like now you have a lot of people who, or a lot of artists, I should say, who their music is more so based off just like the vibe. You know what I mean? And they're not going, it's, it's a lot of artists, I should say, not everybody, but they're just not really going for, you know, a certain level of skill. It's like, they go in the studio, yo, I want to rap. I want to make a song. They go to the studio. They put it together, how they put it together, and they put it out. They go to SoundCloud, they put it out and see what people think. You know what I mean? So it's it's different definitely in those in those regards for sure. You know, it's it's funny, like I think people listening, you know, people who are like under twenty probably won't even imagine what it was like to go to a store and literally have to pick out like, you know, CDs and pick out literally the the albums of instrumentals that you want to do, like I can barely imagine it in a way is to like go and like literally sift through and you're waiting and you want to see something good and then you can't really find it because it's not there. It's already sold out. And so you got to pay and you got to pay at the store. You don't just pay online. It gets delivered to your house. I feel like that's something like, I don't know. It's weird because I never had to do it um, and I never did it, but like the, the feeling of it must have been different of like actually holding something in your hands and being like, this is like a ticket. Like I can, if I use this the right way, like it's like the, my ticket and my, to success. Yeah, it was, it was a lot more different back then. And, you know, I, again, I was a kid, you know, like you said, I had like some of my first shows, I was like 12, 13 years old. So, you know, back then, you know, you go to the store and, you know, you want to, <laughs> you want to go get your instrumental CDs. And, you know, I think uh, who was big back in the day was uh, Jay Arms. Uh, Jay Arms instrumental. I don't, you may not even know who James Jay Arms is, but you know you would go to the store, you would go and get you know your CD, and you know we would go and we would take a karaoke machine. So a karaoke machine, you know, back in the day, you know, you you can go on YouTube now and you can look up lyrics and and play a track with you know without the lyrics on it, and you know the lyrics to play on the screen. But back in the day, you know, karaoke machines were like big. It, it almost looked like a like a like a like a um like a Who jam box, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Looked like one of those. So, you know, and it had the cassette player on it and everything. And we would take the CDs and we would play them. And then when we were ready to record, we would take like a blank cassette tape, put it in there, hit record, and then you know. So it was like one take. You know what I mean? And you would just rap over it. You would do your thing. 
stop it, play it back. Oh, okay, it sounded good. Then you could, you know, overdub it again. You know what I mean? So that's why, like, especially with, you know, with, with the lane that, like, Griselda, like, Wes, Conway, Benny, when they started coming out, and Derringer as well, when they started uh, coming out with, you know, vinyls and CDs, and it was, like, super limited, it, it almost brought that feeling back. You know what I mean? Like, where people, it, it was, like, tangible art. You know what I'm saying? Because I think for a long time, we kind of lost, like, the value in that. You know what I'm saying? So now it's, like, when I go look on eBay now and, like, my vinyls are selling for, like, you know what I mean, $1,000 or, like, $300, you know what I mean? It, I know that that kind of started with what, you know, Griselda was doing at the time, just taking your music and commodifying it, you know what I mean, because of those um, physical physical copies. It's, it's, it's dope, man. It's dope. And it, it really just brought me back, like you said, like, to my childhood because that was how it was back in the day. We used to really, like, I remember uh, my first cassette was um i want to say it was the dynasty jay-z's album and then my first cd i think i bought was it was between uh shine uh his first album and nelly um his first album was uh country grammar so it was like and i remember just holding on to those man because they were just like super special to me you know what i mean well i think that's even crazy for people to listen to i think cassettes are like things people don't think about like i think cds are like old <laughs> and it's so weird for me to say old because i rem- i i still have cds i like my mm. first cd was like get rich or die trying 50 cent that oh, was my wow. first cd and so like i just re- i still have it it's kind of like the 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 actual cd box is kind of fucked up and, and broken but like the cds in there are still good um but i think definitely the collector is back like collecting in hip-hop it was kind of made tough with streaming music like but but now like people like yourself and as you said people like Benny Conway um and the Griselda crew they've made collecting come back like people are definitely making vinyls and i think that's such an underrated part of the culture of like having the vinyl and having the cd and like building out your collection to be like hey i got the I've got this joint, and I've got the Jay Skis joint, and I've got the Wu Tang joint. I've got all these things, and it's just like you build your catalog of music physically at home. Yeah, yeah, no, I, it's it's big, man. It's uh, and there's a lot of people who do appreciate it, and I'm I'm glad that it came back, honestly, because even me, like, I'm a big fan of you know just having like I love having my own stuff. You know what I mean? Like when those packages get shipped in, and I may work with a company and. You know, they may send me a few copies. Like, I love seeing it because it's like, I was just having a conversation the other day with uh, with one of my engineers. And I was like, yo, even if I don't do anything else, like going forward, if I don't, you know what I mean? If I, God forbid, if I just say, you know what, I don't want to make music anymore today. I live forever on on that wax. You know what I mean? Even if I, I could stop tomorrow. Like, so, you know, those tangible items, man, they're just, they're like almost like everything to me. It's like really making your stamp. Like, yo, I was here on this planet. You know what I mean? It's like etching your name in, in the wood, especially when we talk about vinyl, like CDs and cassettes are really, really, really dope too. I love doing cassettes, especially because I grew up with like a Walkman. But those are almost like, uh, I want to say like digital, like, Wax is a little different, you know what I mean? It's like those, it's those waves, it's the grooves, and the, and the vinyl. Like it, it's just, it's real special, man, for real. Do you remember like playing vinyls as a kid? Yeah, we had uh, when I was growing up. Like 
my mom still, she has like, up in her attic, she has like a bunch of vinyls, man. Like old school joints. She has like James Brown and like The Temptations and, you know, all those joints from like back in the day. She has a lot of that stuff like upstairs in her crates and everything. And I grew up really on a lot of R&B <clears throat> because my mom used to play it all the time. I grew up on like R&B and Neo Soul. But when even when I was like even younger, like when it came to hip hop, a lot of those were on TV, but a lot of like what we listened to on vinyl was like older music, like Michael Jackson, and like, you know, the different groups, the Temptations and, you know, just all the old school joints. And I remember like, just kind of being infatuated with that. Like, you know, you put the joint on there, you put the needle on and, you know, the, the sound comes out. It was always like real cool to me. Like, you know what I mean? And it's got, you know, vinyl has like a, a different sound. It's like, it's warmer. It's more like you can hear everything. You hear, like, you just you get a certain feel from it. You know what I mean? It just sounds real good. Like, I don't know. It does something to me. It does something to my soul, for real. Well, I think there's something about the crackle as well. It's like, yeah. there's something about like, it's like the warmth of a fireplace. Like, just the, just the sound. It just like, it's like something is about to be good. Like I, I don't know, I like it as well. I've I've always loved when um, engineers and when producers and beat makers sample like vinyl sounds. There's something about it to me that like it just like you said, it feels different. Like and and I couldn't help but think is like it would be so cool to see you do an album that is just filled with samples from your mum's crates. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you went in and you go and you're, like, searching through and you're like, this is the stuff my mom listened to. It's almost like it's, like, in the weirdest way a cool tribute, but it's also, like, I don't know, there's something cool to me about an album like that that's, like, really purposeful where you're going, this is, like, a a tribute to my mom, her generation, but I'm going to show it my way and I'm going to find songs that she loved and kind of, I don't know, there's something about that. I, I just literally, as you were talking, I was like, Damn, if Jay Skies was to do that, I think that'd be a dope project. Man, that's actually an amazing idea for real. I think uh I think that would be really, really dope. And that's something that, you know, my mom for sure would appreciate. But uh, you know, that's something to just draw in your fans too, you know what I mean? And really make them feel connected in a way. You know what I'm saying? I think that's an amazing idea. And I might I might actually uh, consider that one day. I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> I might have to throw you on there as one of the executive producers. Well, man, I'd love it. I Invite me down to the studio. I'd love to see what you're actually doing. But, yeah, it literally just hit me that, like, you know, especially because vinyl is so – you could put it on a vinyl as well and literally give it to your mom. I just saw, you know, actual, like, huge story potential of, like, you know, and I think as a fan, I obviously don't make my own music, but like as a fan, what we're drawn into is like, how can we get closer to you as an artist? How can we get closer to you as your story and everything that you do? And it's partly why I do this is like, how can I connect with the people that I like in the industry and the people that are like, and see if I can, you know, find more about them. So I think that would do a lot for a lot of fans is just show them, just behind the scenes of like this is what my family means to me this is what you know music means to me and this is what inspired my mom moving forward no and i think that's dope especially because you know i'm the type of artist that i am i'm i don't really tell stories and talk about things that i don't do or i haven't done you know what i mean there's a lot of artists who you know they they like to touch on certain topics and a lot of it is the same and i think 
with me being such a big hip hop fan and being able to study different artists, you know, for a long time, I, I feel like that helped me find my way, you know, in, in the story that I wanted to tell as, as a rapper and as a hip hop MC, like it made me want to just be as real as possible and like really give my story. And I think with a lot of what people have heard so far, you know, it's been more so me just showcasing my skill as a rap, as a technical rapper, you know what I mean? And because, you know, when you first come into the game, a lot of people, you know, they're questioning, well, who, who is this guy? Like, you know what I mean? So you want to showcase that, but then, you know, as your fan base grows, I think it's important to really tell who you are. And I think people are really going to get an understanding of who I am and like my real story and the things that I've been through. They're going to get that on my album. You know what I mean? I'm real excited about that. But uh, just to kind of go back to your point, you know, a project like that will really give even more insight into, you know, who I am. And it would just be another way for the fans to really connect. So I really like that idea. And you get some old heads on there as well. Like, you know, you get some people that like recognize the samples of like old school, like just amazing old, I don't know. I, I think there's monster potential. I know that I'm sure you and, and, and your team would, would figure out how to make it awesome. But I did want to ask you, you just speak about like telling your story. Is it tough to figure out how to tell your story? I think like, is it like just being that vulnerable and like going, you know, I'm actually going to share the truth. And like, there's one thing to like, you know, rap about things that you've seen. And, but like, when you really share that, that intimate piece of yourself, is it difficult to be that vulnerable and just let it out? I think it's, it is, there is a degree of difficulty to it, but I think it's, it's so important, man, because for a long time, you know, Buffalo didn't have a voice. You know what I mean? And then for another period of time, you know, obviously Griselda has been the voice of Buffalo for years now. Um, but I think I come from like a different, I, with what I talk about, I'm coming at you from a different angle. Like Griselda, primarily a lot of the guys, you know, affiliated or, you know, that make up Griselda or have made up Griselda are from the east side of Buffalo, which I am too. But I never was outside. I never was like, you know, I wasn't selling drugs like that. I wasn't, you know, shooting at people like that. I wasn't being shot at like that. I wasn't having these run-ins with, with police and having run-ins with fiends and all that. I lived a totally different type of life. But I think it's still important to show the other side of what else is here because it's not just that. It's not just you know, a bunch of violence. It's not just a bunch of, you know, people running around doing this and doing that. So I think it's very important that I tell my story because people can then have a better understanding of what it is to be, you know, from where I'm from. I'm telling, I'm just telling, I'm giving you a different perspective. I'm telling you, you know, what it's like to be from Buffalo and to have ambitions to, you know, you know, want to take care of your family and, you know, what it's like to lose your dad at a young age and, you know, to have doubts and to, you know, get discouraged and then come back from that. What it's like to lose your best friend when you are on the verge of going on your first tour. Like, you know what I mean? Like all these different things have really happened to me. So I'm able to put it down and really, really make it enjoyable for someone who, you know, 
may have been through something similar or maybe going through something similar and then they can use my story to you know inspire themselves to to make it through and i think that's my biggest thing no matter what you know i just want to be able to inspire people um with my story i think that's honestly my purpose of even being here on earth you know what i'm saying it's just to be an inspiration to others who you know have aspirations to do whatever it is that they want to do and you know they may they may run into some adversity and i've like again i've been that person too and i think it's important to tell my story because i can help people get through it it's interesting that you say that you want to show the other side to like the the different sides to buffalo and like you know the things that that people gravitate towards to are exactly what you said in terms of griselda and what they've been rapping about but i think it's a really good point that you bring up that like that's not the whole city that is not everyone's growing up and i think you're definitely right we kind of get lost in if all we hear about buffalo is one thing that's all we're going to think about it and that's all we're going to think about that as a city and then like doubling on top of that is like that's all we think about as rappers who come from buffalo is like oh that's the lifestyle that they had that's the lifestyle that they all bring so I think it, it is really good that, that you grew up differently as opposed to what we currently hear and, 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 and are able to, to tell that side and still talk about adversities in a different way. It may not be running into the fiend, but it's still going to come differently. And we all go through struggles. And I think, yeah, it's, it's only good that you're, you're doing that. Yeah, I mean, and I agree. And I think, you know, because you do get people who, you know, they, they, they didn't grow up that way, but that's what they still talk about. And, you know, I knew when Griselda, you know, when they, when they initially started, you know, going on their rise, I knew if I ever got a chance, you know, to, you know, whether it was going to be with Griselda or it might've been, you know, with Benny or it might've been with Conway. Um, if I ever, you know, got next to them and, you know, I got in a situation where I was making music with them, I always knew like, it was either like me as an artist was either going to work or it wouldn't work. It was like 50, 50 because of the imprint that they've already left in the game. Like, you know, like you said, we know what they bring to the table. We know what they're talking about. And Conway is a little different because Conway, he has, he, you know what Con talks about, but he also shows another side, which is really dope. You know what I mean? He's been showing that more and more um, with him talking about, you know, different aspects of his life, but primarily you you know, you know what they're known for. And I kind of figured like their fan base was either going to really accept me for being different or they were either going to really like reject me for being different. And I think at first I was, people understood that I could rhyme, but I, but because what I was saying was so different than what they're used to hearing from Griselda artists, I think it took a while for me to even, kind of break through that listener's ear for them to say, okay, you know what? No, Skis is actually kind of dope. Jay Skis is dope. Cause you know, I, I read through, I see the comments and, you know, I read through stuff on Twitter and on Reddit. And, you know, I, I look at all that stuff, man, because it's important to me, you know what I mean? To see how I'm being received. But that was something that had always been on my mind. I'm like, you know, if I ever do break through and it happens to be with them, it's like 50, 50, man. And it just so happens that so far, People have uh, been really receptive, like, and it wasn't like that at first. Like I said, it was almost like I had to work towards that. Um, 
and just, you know, show time and time again, like, no, I belong here. Like I, I deserve to be here. And now I think I'm at a point where I can start to really give my, my story and, and be myself because, you know, people can, people understand it now. Like, no, nah, Jay Skis can rap, but what else is there to Jay Skis now? That's what we want to know. How, what was the first, do you remember what they were saying to begin with? Like, is there any comments that stick out that you're like, that shit kind of hurts, but that shit's kind of funny too. Yo, I'm not going to lie. When So the first song that I was featured on with Conway, first two songs, it was uh, Crack in the 90s. That was from the from King to uh, from King to a God, um, the, the Deluxe and Stefan Diggs. Um, I had I had a verse on Crack in the 90s. So it was me, Conway and Love the Genius. Shout out to Love the Genius too. She's amazing. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I was seeing on Twitter, I remember the day when it dropped and I was just seeing all these people. Like I was getting, I was getting so many mentions that day, the day that it dropped and people were like, yo, who is this dude? Jay skis. And again, it was like, I was either seeing a lot of, yo, he can really rhyme. Like, yo, who is this dude? I've never heard of him before. This dude is dope. What's going on. And there was a lot of people who were saying like, Oh no, this dude is garbage. Like, who is this dude? Get him out of here. Because I wasn't again. Like if you listen to my, my the verse is ill. The verse is crazy. But I'm not talking about what Khan is talking about. I'm talking about some old other shit. So it was throwing people for a loop, I think, because it was so different. You know what I'm saying? And then Love at the end, she comes on, Love goes crazy, and she killed it. I think she, honestly, she probably had the best verse in the song. But her, what she was talking about was more akin to what Conway was talking about. So it, it just kind of automatically, you know what I mean? Like people are like, oh, no, nah, okay, now I, now I get it. Now I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get where I get where she's coming from, but who is this dude Jay Skis talking about Revolver Oxlade and all this other like? What is he talking about? And I think that was like when that when that track came out in that day when I was seeing all this stuff on Twitter, it was kind of like it didn't really it didn't like hurt or anything like that. It was kind of like that, it was what I expected because again going back to the way that I had always felt, it was like well yo this is either gonna work or it's not gonna work because I may not be accepted by their fan base because of who I am as an artist, which is fine with me because I'm going to be me regardless. I'm not, especially not like I couldn't, I couldn't come out with those songs, you know, and do everything I did. Big ghost tape, the EP that I dropped, you know what I'm saying? The different shit that I've dropped and then switch up and start talking about, you know, everything that Khan talks about. No, I'd rather just be myself. And if you, if you accept me for who I am as an artist, then that's cool. Cause everybody ain't gonna like my shit, and that's cool. That's that's just the way of the world. Everybody ain't gonna like everything you do. You know what I mean? Well, I also think if you did that, people would just be like, oh, "I know what Jay Skies is doing. He's just doing what everyone else is doing. Not genuine. We know he didn't live that life. He said he didn't live that life, and now he's rapping about it. And then you just lose the fans anyway. So exactly. I think, I mean, I've had conversations countless times about like in hip-hop almost more than any other genre of music or any other industry you should rap about your life not about fake shit because people call you out and they don't believe you and then you get into trouble and like it just ends up this rabbit hole of like you just dig your own hole so i'm interested to know though what did con say about it what was his reaction because obviously he knew that your sound is different um, and that he, pro- he probably also expected what you expected, that there would be some fans who really love it, some fans who really, really don't understand it at first. But 
what was his reaction when you were kind of figuring out whether people would be receptive? So it's funny. So Khan is like a fan first. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's dope because what I didn't know about Conway before I really, you know, got to be around him and, and get to know him is that he it, just because he may make a certain type of sound or he's known for a certain type of sound, he he's still a fan of a lot of different stuff. You would never even you wouldn't even guess that by I guess his appearance and the music that he makes, but he's a fan of a lot of different things. And he really appreciates the fact that when I did start coming around and I, you know, I started getting around him, I didn't change up. You know what I mean? I stayed me. And that's really important to him. And it's important to me because he allowed me to do that. Like, you know, I could have got next to him and he could have said, yo, skis, I don't know. Like you need to start talking about this. I think, I think you need to be over here kind of in my lane since you're going to be coming in behind me and like what I'm doing. And he didn't do that, which is, I think, I think that's really dope because he let me be myself. You know what I mean? Um, and I think, I think it's just important, man. And it was a point in time when I think after the, those first couple of records came out that I mentioned, he, he pulled me to the side one day and he asked me, um, what are you going to do to like separate yourself from, you know, from me and from love the genius, you know what I mean? Because, you know, Again, it was stuff that he was seeing online. You know, people were gravitating towards, you know, whatever, whoever. Oh, man, this this sound is cool, but I like this sound. So he was asking me, like, what are you going to do to kind of separate yourself? And that was a question that I, I never asked myself when I got into the situation. And what I came up with, you know, I was on the phone with my best friend at the time. And uh, we were talking because it was after we had that conversation. Um, and I was talking to my best friend. I was like, yo, like you know, Khan said this, like, what do you think? Like, how should I, how should I approach it? And we were just going back and forth. We were on the phone for about an hour and we went back and forth, back and forth. And what we came up with was, yo, you need to just be the best you. You need to be the best J skis. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter. Like tell your story and be the best you. Like, don't worry about being better than anybody else. You, you already the best. So be the best you, the best version of you. And that's how you'll, like, if you're being the best you, you won't have to worry about being this person or that person or being better than this person or that person because you're being you authentically. And I think once we had that conversation, it just kind of unlocked another, like, another part of, like, my artistry in my mind. I was able to, like, really lock in. And I think the so we had that conversation one night. The next day, I, we went to the studio and I made uh, it's a song from my album, which is like a very, it's, it's like one of the best songs on there. I'm being very vulnerable on it. And then I also made uh, Grace from La Machina. And that joint is like one of the illest songs on the, on the tape, if you ask me. You know what I mean? Kyle came on and he did his thing. But, you know, the song started out with me doing that verse, doing that hook. So, and I think from there, I just haven't looked back. Well, I think it's always uh, a kind of, it's like a 50-50, again, like you said, of like, how will I brand myself? Like, what were you, did you have other options? Like, before, was there other things that you were thinking about? Like, maybe this is how I'll separate myself, or maybe that is how I'll separate myself? I think it wasn't even, no, I don't think I ever even asked myself that, because I was already going into it, like, well, I'm already me, so, you know, I don't need to necessarily... 
it just, it just wasn't it wasn't a, a question I asked myself. No, to answer your question, like is <laughs> as uh, simply as possible, it wasn't something I asked myself. Well, I think it's great advice for any artist, and I, and I tend to agree that like you know your impersonation of a different artist is never going to be as good as authentically yourself. Like that, I've always believed that that you can try and be like. Biggie or Tupac or anyone, any of the greats, Lauren Hill, you can try and be like them, but like the reason they were so good was because they are themselves. They didn't do an impersonation of somebody else. They never did. And that's what gives them authenticity. And if I look at every top artist in the game, it doesn't matter, even industry-wise, they're pretty much authentically themselves. They may not even write their own bars. They may not even do half of that shit, but like on interviews, on like their persona, they're all just themselves. Like they are who they are and and you kind of get attracted to that part of it. Whereas like when you see artists who are putting on a show, I think you kind of go, there's something missing, man. Like there's just something that's, that there's like a gap and I don't think fans can even say it, but they can feel it. So I think that was, you know, it, it's the best advice any artist can be is like just find your voice, whatever that is. I think, you know, when you're starting out, because um, even me, you know, being younger, like my favorite rapper back in the day was it was between Jay-Z and Lloyd Banks. You know what I mean? And I used to rap a lot like Lloyd Banks, like not even just cadence, like everything. And I just thought Lloyd was like one of the best rappers. Like I thought he was the best rapper period because of the way he was structured his bars, his metaphors, similes, you know, the words he used, he would just make you think like, Oh, what, what made you say that? And so that's what I wanted. And I think starting out, you know, it's, it's only, it's only natural because you get inspired by other artists. You know what I mean? It, they make you want to do it. And that was how I was. And then, you know, there comes a period where, you know, you're emulating what you hear and you know what you think is dope and then true artistry i think comes later when you start to okay you start to perfect your craft you start to master it and you say okay i don't need to keep trying to be like this because i have to do it the way that i do it and i paint as well and it's similar in that regard too because you know i was inspired by a lot of different painters and you know i used to say okay well i want to i want to paint and i want my paintings to look like Salvador Dali's you know what I mean and because I really liked Salvador Dali's paintings and I I started out and I would you know do what I would do and then one day it clicked for me and said okay you know what instead of me trying to make Salvador Dali's I have my own style I have the style that I I can do let me start to try and do what I can do and figure out my own style and it was like the same way in music too so you know it's I think it's just natural, you know what I mean? You get inspired by whatever you see, whatever you hear, and then over time, you know, you become, the, uh, you start to develop your own style. And something that you said um, with fans being able to almost feel when people aren't being authentically themselves, you feel it because art, like art should make you feel something. Music is art, right? And I think people always forget that. Art is you just taking whatever emotion you feel at a certain time and turning it into something like tangible, visual, audible, that can make someone else feel what you felt in that, in that time, in that moment. But you have to be able to feel it though. That's the thing. Like 
I, if I don't feel you, then the art isn't, whatever you did isn't serving its purpose. So if all you're doing is emulating something else, you won't be able to feel it because there's no, you never put any feeling into it. You didn't put your real emotion into it. Art is emotion. That's all it is. So what you said is like 100% true. Like fans can, can feel that because they don't feel it. I love that. We're going to need to get a t-shirt that says art is emotion. Like that's, that's going to be, that's going to be the thing. Cause yeah, I agree. I think before you even mentioned, I think, as I said, like we probably never even thought about it, but it, it's hundred percent true. Art is definitely emotion and, and what you put into it. And the interesting thing when you're growing up is like, you're looking at all these artists and you're trying to emulate them because you're trying to like learn the tricks and learn the skill set that they have. And the older you get, you're like, all right, I learned this skill set. I learned that skill set. How can I put it together to have my own way? So um, I think it would be strange if you didn't look at artists and be like, how can I learn off them? Because ultimately that's where we learn. We learn off listening and seeing others do it and, and then trying to replicate it. And that's in every industry. That's not just in music. But I did want to ask you about your art. You you mentioned painting and probably something that n- probably not a lot of rappers paint. So I did want to ask, like, what inspired you to to paint and and let kind of your emotions out in that form as well? I think what it was, and this was you know it's crazy. This was right around uh, COVID, like around that time when COVID started jumping off, and you know I got furloughed from my job. Um, I've been a fan of art for a very long time. Like I've always loved going to museums, like even like way before, you know, the drum work deal. And even before I started painting, like I would go to, you know, different places. I would go to like California and I would go to the Getty or I would go to, you know, New York and I would go visit, you know, different galleries there. So I've just always been a fan. Like when I was younger, I used to draw and stuff like that, but I never thought I was good, you know? And so COVID comes and, you know, I'm at home all the time and I would, would go on YouTube and I would go, you know, watch all these different art documentaries because there was nothing else to do. I was tired of watching movies and shit. So, you know, I started watching these different documentaries and I was watching how uh, Basquiat started, um, got his start in art and things like that. And, you know, just kind of understanding his style and, it kind of took me back to like a period in my childhood where I would always say, yo, I'm not even, I'm not good at drawings. I'm not good at painting. So I don't want to do it. I was always real, real good at like writing bars. So that's what I, you know, what I went towards, but I still had a real love for painting and for art and for drawing too. And so I was at home and one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the art store. I'm going to go and get a canvas and I'm going to go get some paint and I'm just going to see what I come up with, you know, like whatever. Like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't, I don't, I don't have to hold myself to a certain standard or anything. That's not what I was thinking. I just wanted to see what I would do. And so, you know, I go to the store, I get, you know, I get my stuff, I get my easel, I do all that. And, you know, I came up with like, actually I didn't even have an easel. I just had like an art desk at the time. Um, so I was, you know, I was just painting and, you know, I did my thing. I did my first one. And, you know, it was like a, it was a picture of a strawberry. Um, and the way it was, if you flipped it, it looked like, 
it looked like almost like a forest or like a bunch of tall grass that was on fire. So okay. it was just like, you know, it was, it was real cool. And then I did my second one and I was working on like the second one, and the third one, and I wanted to do bigger canvases and I was just telling different stories. And it was, it was on, on these canvases. And it was kind of like when I write my bars, it, it, I, I say things, I have a lot of metaphors and similes that I use. So what I was doing was I was painting these pictures and I was doing it like similarly, like with using the different pictures. I was telling stories through pictures. And when I figured out that I could do that, even though I didn't really have like the best skill set when it came to drawing certain characters or whatever I was thinking, it just kind of translated. Like I was like, okay, yo, I'm actually pretty good at this. Like this is actually dope. And visually it was dope. You know what I mean? And just over time, like, I just, I guess I kind of just built up my, my skill set over time. And, you know, I hadn't been doing it for a long time, but I end, what I ended up doing was I took a U-Haul, like the moving truck. I don't know if you know what a U-Haul is. Yeah, but they, yeah. yeah, so I went and got one of those, and I was with one of my friends. He paints, too. And we took the U-Haul. And we rolled out a red carpet in it. We parked it in like this park and we took like these uh, different strip tapes and put them on the back of our paintings and put them all throughout this U-Haul truck. And we turned this U-Haul truck into an art gallery. And then we invited all these different people to come out and come in, you know, just come and look at the art, come and, you know, come and see it. And people came and I shot a video there <laughs> and people, you know, they're looking all around the truck and we had, we had everything just out kind of outside. And I think that's when it kind of clicked for me, like, yo, like, you're actually doing this. And it was like, it's kind of like similar, like with music, you know, you make your first couple songs, you think they're dope. All right, cool, whatever. And then, you know, you may go do a show and then you may go put together a mixtape and put it out. And it's like, hold up, like, I'm actually doing this and it's actually dope. People actually like it. You know what I mean? And that was that was kind of how it was with, with painting for me, too. You know what I mean? That is such a good idea. Like, I've had a good idea on this show. You've had, that's a great idea. So simple. Like, you don't need to rent a space. You just, you know, do it cheap. You put it publicly. What was the reception of people when they were looking through? Were they, like, surprised? I mean, I would be surprised. I would be like, who's this rapper who's got a U-Haul and he's got art in there as well? It's just so interesting. Yeah, it was, and I'm not going to lie. Like when I, when I started painting, a lot of what I was doing was for me. You know what I mean? It wasn't, I wasn't really worried about how it would be received because I wasn't even thinking like, okay, I'm going to take this stuff outside and let other people see it. I didn't even want to do that um, because of what you just said. I was already building myself up and calling myself this artist. I'm this rapper. People knew me for that. So I didn't want people to say, oh, well, damn, like Ski's been a rapper for forever. Now I was saying he's painting like, get the shit out of here. And that was like a big thing for me. Like, honestly, that was like, cause I didn't know how people would receive it. I, I was actually kind of scared about that. I wasn't sure if people would even understand what it was that I was trying to do um, with a lot of my paintings, because a lot of my stuff is very abstract. Um, so it was, it was weird. It was like, I didn't, I didn't know how people would receive it. Um, but I guess like, I don't know. It was, I just, I broke through that, through that, that fear almost, you know what I mean? It was like a, it was a big fear of mine to even, 
you know, but I guess it's different with music because I was so used to already, you know, putting out projects and people hearing me and, and everything. But that was like a big fear of mine for, for people to say, okay, what made you all of a sudden want to just start painting? Because I didn't know how people would, would like react to it. You know what I mean? It was, it was, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a fear thing for sure, but it was something that I conquered at the same time because I brought it to life. You know it's definitely I mean? interesting, though, that, like, I'm sure people look at you now and you as a rapper and you doing shows. I mean, you've done a show with, like, Big Crit. You've you've done some amazing shows. And, like, they look at that and they're like, how can you be scared of putting up art in a U-Haul for the public to watch when literally you're on stage for thousands of people? And I think, you know what I mean? It's, like, the weirdest thing that, as you said, you're probably just used to it, but it's like a, another side of you that you're sharing. Right. And it, that's not easy to do. Like, it's not people. Don't, if you don't do if you don't if you're not an artist, you don't even understand what it is to even put your story out there for it to be, you know, heard or your work to be put out there because you don't know how it'll be received. You you could make. The you could tell your story on on a painting right it could be something very traumatic that happens to you i have paintings like that where i'm telling a story that's very traumatic you know what i'm saying like i'm talking about you know what i mean like drugs and like my dad and like you know some other stuff and somebody can see it and say well yo this is this is trash what is this shit and it's like yo this is literally my most like traumatic event <laughs> that i've done so you don't know how it'll be received. So it's it's different because like I don't know, it's it's just a different it's it's different. It's a different medium. It's a different way of being of taking my story and you know telling you my story. It's a different way of doing it. Um so I guess if you don't if you don't do it, then you don't really understand it. But I think if you if you're on the other side of it, being the artist, you know what you put into it. So, you know, it's like, man, do I really want to, you know, take this out into the world? Like, you know what I mean? That's that's just kind of how it is. Do you, ha- do you have art, like, or artists that you gravitate towards? Like a, a particular style that you find yourself, you know, enjoying more than others? Um, You mean, like, painting-wise? Or do you mean just, like, like, paintings or music or you know I meant, I meant more paintings like when you go to a gallery is there are there people that you're like i have to see or i have to see like this this type of art no because i think i get inspired by by pretty much everything like, i've been to like i went to the getty one time and you know they had a rembrandt exhibit and it, this was like paintings from when he went to india in like i don't know what, what time period it was uh rembrandt was like i want to say he was like 18th century, but I could be wrong. He was either 18th or like 16th century, one or the other. But they were paintings from then. And it was just, you know, it was real interesting to me to see his vision from, you know, hundreds of years ago and how detailed and how, you know, vivid it was. It took me back to that, you know, that period, you know, whatever, whatever period that was, I, I can't remember. But to see that alone, because, you know, it kind of puts puts your mind in that perspective like we we live in the time that we live in right now which is you know 2023 or 2022 
how like it's almost like how did he like take his vision like put it on this piece of paper or whatever it is back then without having a smartphone or like without having any type of you know what I mean like direction for real like he didn't have you know other people that he could have went to well I'm sure there was other like you know galleries and stuff like that but it's just like how did you do that back then and it's like it's almost like it put me in it put me in a frame of mind like if he could do this back then I could do it right now too you know what I mean so I don't think there's like a, a specific style because I really like sculptures too. It's not something that I, I could ever see myself doing personally, but I love going to see, like, I remember I was in DC one time um, and I was in like the, uh, what do they call it? The National Mall. And they got all those different, you know, galleries down there. And there was like some different sculptures that I saw at one of the galleries. And it was just like, it was like beautiful. It was like, yo, how did you, how did, like, who made this and what inspired you to make this? Like, why did you make this? I can't even believe that someone made this. You know what I mean? It's like, it was like that level of awesomeness. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, yo, this is crazy. So I'm inspired by just like so many different things. Like not, not just, you know, music, not just paintings, not just sculptures, even other people's stories. But I think too, that comes from actually being out in the world and like seeing different things. I've been a lot of different places. I've seen a lot of different things, met a lot of different people, heard a lot of different stories. And some people, they're just not, they're not open to it. So they can't be inspired in that way. Me, I try not to limit, you know, I, I just try to keep an open mind because that's important because everything that you see, like you feed your brain you're feeding yourself and just gaining more and more information and just, you know, experiencing different things, trying different food, shaking different hands, seeing, seeing different buildings. Like you have to, because, you know, once you have all those different things in your arsenal, it's like, okay, how can I take all this stuff that I put into my head and make some of the best art, whatever it is that you're doing, make the illest shit you ever seen in your life. I cannot agree more. And yeah, I look at sculptures and I'm like, I don't even know. Number one, I don't know how they took a piece of like raw material, like stone, and they carved it out. Like, right. not just to, I, when you said you, you never were a great drawer, I was never a good drawer. I can't draw to save my life, but this person can not only draw, they can literally carve it into stone and, like it is amazing. I was in Florence and 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 in and in Italy, in Europe, they have them everywhere. And I just remember looking at them, going, "How is that possible?" Like I don't, especially because of the time period, as you said, it's like one thing with like modern machinery to be able to do more work. But like I'm just imagining these people just like chiseling away, you know, one piece at a time. And if you fuck up, you got to start again. Like right. if you if a finger goes, it's gone. What do you do? Like all these things, I just find so amazing. It just shows what we're all capable of. Is like if we really put ourselves like in the frame of mind, if we really committed, we could do all these amazing things. I remember I was in Denver recently and I went to their exhibit, and there was this piece of art. I personally get like I find myself attracted to art that speaks to the human condition. I've never been a huge fan of just like scenic. I can appreciate scenic stuff, but I like something about seeing someone's face and like a period in time. And there was this one piece. It's the only one that I took a photo of because it just hit me in the right way. I might have to send it to you, but it was like 
uh, it was a commentary of like what it was like being in the circus in like the 1800s. And it was like the circus performer had passed away. So he died in the show and it was like, he was almost like a ghost in the background and it was his wife and his, his, his wife holding their baby. And there was something that was so sad about it. It was like this still image and just, and I was just like, I don't know what it is about this. I forget the artist's name. Um, but it was just like, it just hit me in the right way. And I think you're right that like, there's something about art and it's taken me a while to realize that you don't have to like every piece of art. You just got to find the art that you like and the, the art that makes you feel something. And that's all that it really is. Yeah. That's, that's all that matters, man. And even with you, like saying, you know, what you said about drawing, right. And this is what I asked myself when I when I started to paint. I was making that decision. I said, "What is good? What is good drawing? What is good painting? What is bad painting? What is good painting?" Like you know what I mean? There's no there's because it's art. There's no real measuring stick for that. It's all subjective. So what you the the thing that you have to do is if you want to be great at drawing, you have to draw things that make you like that are accurate representation of what you feel you feel what i'm saying and the the way that you get better at it is okay say today i want to draw this i want to draw this cat and when you first draw it it may be like a stick figure but you know you're the only person that knows what you're going for so you have to okay boom and you may draw it in a certain way it may look like picasso it may look like i don't know like rembrandt whatever it may be that detailed or may it may be not that detailed but either way, as you're drawing, you're getting closer and closer to how you want it to feel, how you want to see it, and how you want it to be perceived, then that's the measuring stick for it being good or bad, not it looking like a stick figure or it looking like Rembrandt drawing. You know what I mean? I think that's what I struggled with. I struggled with I have this image of something in my head, and I want that specific image but I never thought about the feeling. I never thought about like, like I remember doing art at school and I'd be like, yeah, I want to draw a cat. And then I draw a cat and it doesn't look anything like a cat. And I was like, well, that's a shit cat. So <laughs> then, then I would just be like, okay, I'm not good at art. That was, that was the thought process that was like, I was, I wasn't measuring it. And I didn't even, you know, I, I didn't even realize until now that I should have been following the feeling of what I wanted to achieve, not the objectives of like, oh, I have to draw this or draw that object. And then when I compare it to the real life object, it wasn't even close. And I was like, okay, I'm bad. And the reason and the reason for that is we go based off of like when we see a picture, like we're going off of what we've seen in the past and not going off of like how we want it to look like. If all you see is Picasso's and you're like, okay, when you draw it, it doesn't look like a Picasso, then it's not good. Or if you, if all you see is like realism, like, you know what I mean? You want, you want this cat to look just like a real life cat, the way that you see it and you draw it and it doesn't look like that. It's like, oh, it's not good. But no, it's not that it's not good. It's just not how you wanted it to look or how, like how it made you feel. So you have to get it to where, okay, this is how I feel. You know what I mean? This is how this made me feel. You, if you get what I'm saying, that that's yeah. the way that I look at it. Because that's what made me like say like, okay, I'm I'm a decent artist. Like I'm actually pretty good at this because I was able to make things that made 
like sense to my like the way that I felt in in that time. And I will say too, the fact that I figured that out about myself made me a way better rapper because I was able to capture again the way that I felt in a lot of like when, when I'm writing. I was able to capture the way that I felt when I was writing at the time. And so it made me say, okay, instead of being so worried about like the technical part of rapping, like me rhyming this word with this word, cause I still do that, but I, I don't really care so much about that. I care, I care more about now, not making me say, Ooh, 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 like he said this, I care more so about what did my, what did the song make you feel like? Like, did you, did you connect with what, I said, did it make you say, okay, yeah, I felt like that too before. Damn, nobody has ever made me feel like this in a song. That's what I care about now. I don't really care so much about making you say ooh and ah. Like, I can always do that. That's easy. But the fact that I started painting and I realized that made me just care more about putting certain emotions into my music. You know, it's so funny that you answered that question or you said that. That was literally going to be my next question. How did you feel? That was I was like, oh my god, he's reading my mind. Um, but but yeah, I think I think it's really cool that you figured that out about yourself. You know, you took something that was you know a tough period in your time in your life where you know as you said you you were no longer working your job. It was COVID, and now for you to be, literally be able to transition your your art, literally painting into your other art form only makes you a more complex and more interesting and more um, a deeper artist as opposed to just on the surface level. I wonder if a lot of rappers would benefit from doing a second form of art, of exploring their their own intellectual being and their own being in a different way and what it would do to, to how they create. I think I, I don't see it like I don't see anyone not benefiting from it. I'm also just a very self-aware person, though. You know, you have to be, not saying that you have to be, but where I am just as a human being, I think, help with that, too. You know what I mean? You have to be open to it. That's the thing. Like, a lot of people will tell themselves, just like, you know, how we just said, like, I'm not a good painter, so I'm not even going to try or, you know, whatever. It's funny, like, my mother, uh, she's been, you know, she has her battles with, like, depression and, you know, different things. And... I took my mom to my art studio when I, when I still had one. And, um, you know, I took her there one day she was, you know, dealing with something. I was like, Hey, I want you to come with me. So we go and I had a blank canvas there for her. And I was like, ma, just sit down. You know, I had all my paint out and I was like, ma, sit down and, you know, just paint like whatever, however you feel. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, just paint, paint what you feel like paint, you know, whatever my mom. Now mind you, my mom, my mom is actually a poet. She's published a book before, um, but I've, I had never seen her do anything like this before. I'd never seen her draw. I never saw her paint, nothing like that. I've only ever seen her, you know, write her poetry. And a lot of it I just saw because I was like snooping through her stuff and I was looking, oh, okay, you do this, whatever. So, <clears throat> you know, I tell her, you know, just sit down, like, you know, do your thing. And she, she sits down and she drew, um, it was like a picture of her face. And it had all these different thoughts, like these different thought bubbles. And, you know, she was thinking about different things. And uh, she it was like a picture of her, like, crying. And she had all these different thoughts. And since then, she has probably painted 
<laughs> yo, she's done so many paintings since then. Like she went home and like went to the art 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 and craft store, got her own canvases. Like she started doing other like forms of art, like this bead, these bead art pieces. Like she's done all this different stuff. And I asked her, I was like, well, why did you, you know, decide to start doing this stuff? She was like, well, it was that one time when you took me to the art studio and I really liked the way that this made me feel. And it helped me kind of get through some stuff at the time. It helped me like just release some emotions too. And I think, you know, to go back and answer your question, just because of that experience that I had with my mom, you know, and it may not be painting for other artists. It may be, you know, you may make pottery or you may make, you know, sculptures or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you do, you know what I mean? But I don't think anyone would not benefit from, you know, just trying other, you know, other forms of art. Why not? You know what I mean? How did you feel when you saw your mom finish her that first piece of her crying and the thought bubbles? Like, what did you get from that? What did you feel and when you saw it? It was, it kind of validated things that I already knew, you know, about my mom. It was almost like, like, I know there's always a million things on her mind and, you know, she's going through what she's going through, her different struggles and everything. But to see it on, you know, on a canvas, it, it's just kind of like, it was, it was a validation. Like, yo, I know this is what's always on your mind. You know what I mean? And a lot of the time, like, and it was, it was funny because she did it too. When I paint, I usually paint from like my subconscious, meaning I don't think about it too much. I just kind of let whatever happens happen. It just kind of comes out. You know what I mean? And I think that's what she was doing too, because everything that she was putting onto the canvas was stuff that, again, like we had had a conversation about. We may have argued about a few things or, you know, I knew that she was feeling anxious about you know, and that, that was what kind of came out, you know what I mean? Like, it was just a tough time in her life. And it was just, it was real interesting to see because it was kind of like, like I said, it was like the ultimate, like, validation. Like, I knew this was on your mind already. That's crazy. It's cool to think that you could both open a gallery together. That, like, you know, that you could both, like, and that you helped your mom find this this part of her that she probably never thought existed. And, you know, it makes sense, though, that she's a poet, you're a, you're an artist, you're a rapper, and you feel comfortable with words. Like, yeah, I, it, it's, it's really interesting to me. Like, the apple never really falls far from the tree. I think sometimes we've got to look at our roots and, and really embrace. It's like, you know, a racehorse, in a way. All the racehorses that are successful have successful parents or, like, they have those attributes so I wonder if we as humans can, it doesn't even have to be success, but it can be like find the attributes of our parents that that what maybe even untapped that we can tap into and find that part of ourselves. And it sounds like you've definitely found that version in terms of artistry, in terms of creativity, in terms of being emotionally aware, because that's what it sounded like with your mum as well. She's aware of her emotions, just never expressed them. Um but I think definitely, you know, the longer we speak, the more I'm like, I can see the depth of artist of who you're becoming and like right. who you're growing to be. So that is just an awesome thing. It must be awesome to feel that way as well, that like you're just uncovering continually things about yourself and about your art. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, we 
just us as human beings, man, we, we grow every day. You know what I mean? We learn every day. And I just think like, we just get so stuck in like, cause life will really put you in a box. Life, like people will put you in a box, but life has a way of putting you in a box. And I can speak on it because I've been that person. Like I was that person three, four years ago that was like working a nine to five. I was taking care of my daughter. My daughter is six now. I was working two jobs, you know what I'm saying? Trying to pay for daycare and you know what I'm saying? Working these jobs. I was working at an overnight job and I was like slicing deli meat. I was washing dishes. I was selling cigarettes all, all in the same job, going into the freezer, cold as shit. You know what I'm saying? Like pulling meat out, like pause, like all this other crazy shit. And then I was working like my regular full-time job. And then I had a brand new baby girl. So it was like, I wasn't even able to work. I mean, I wasn't even able to like write and make raps and you know what I'm saying? Be creative. And man, I was like at my lowest in that, in that time, because naturally I'm just a creative person, whether it may be me writing raps or, you know, painting or, you know, writing short stories. That was how I started. I started out writing short stories. Um, and doing all these different things. And like, like I said, life has a way of putting you in a box. But then like, if you have, if you can figure out how to like kind of get out of that box and stay out of that box, then like your potential, like your potential just continues to grow. You know what I mean? You can, you can be anything, like literally, like you can do anything you want to. I never, like when I was, when I first started painting, I did it for myself. But I never was saying like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna take these paintings and I'm gonna sell them. You know what I mean? I've sold paintings for a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? At one point, five hundred bucks, seven hundred fifty dollars. I sell. I think I sold my first one for maybe one hundred and ten bucks. But it never like crossed my mind. Yeah, I'm gonna take these things that I did and I'm gonna sell them. No, I was doing them for myself. But I saw it in my mind that I was gonna, you know, do these different things first, and then I did them. So it's like. You can do anything that you put your mind to. It's just not allowing yourself to be boxed in. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's a awesome message to to everyone to be like, you know, just you just got to find a way. I think we all have to find our way, a way to be creative and be expressive. And I think you're definitely right. There's a there's a tough thing with life where it f- can force you not to, like it tries to make sure that you don't. And sometimes I wonder if that's more like, you know, the, and it's going to sound really conspiracy-like, but, you, you know, government's way of, you know, controlling people. I think if I look through history books, the the way that governments stop uprising is by controlling art and expression. And mm. the most important thing in in most, you know, thought-provoking or new ideas is like literally artists. It's literally they're the ones who can seem to get away with more because they're not they're not verbalizing something, but they're creating something that is intangible in the way that it makes you feel. And I think that there is something to be said for feeling like you can't create. And I think it's important. And like we said, any art, it doesn't have to be painting. It can be dancing. It can be, you know, acting. It can be whatever you want it to be. But I think we're all creative in a way. And I think that we sometimes at school, especially get taught, forget about creating, do, do your, your core subjects, 
that shit's not going to get you money. You got to get your nine to fives. You got to get paid. Forget about creativity. Forget about it. Then you got kids and you got responsibility. And then your life has passed you by and you were never creative and you just have all these thoughts sitting inside you. So um, I think it's an amazing message that, that you were speaking about. Appreciate that, man. You're 100% right. 100%. I agree with everything you said, man, because, you know, where I, where I went to school at, you know, I went to, it was like a gifted school because, you know, coming up, you know, before I went to that school, I went to that school fifth grade through 12th grade, but it was like a school where you had to go, you had to take a test to get in it. And um, before that, you know, I was like, I was 100% average, like, you know, kindergarten to or first grade through, you know, fourth grade. And that was like part of the message. It was like, you know, you get into this gifted school, you go to college, you get your job, you live your life. You know what I mean? Um, there was no emphasis really on, you know, being creative because of the type of school that it was. And then even when I was in like, you know, arts and, you know, art and music and, you know, art crafts and all that shit, I was failing art every, every semester, every marking period. I was, I was like, I was failing. So you know, it's, it's kind of crazy now that, like, this is what I do. It's funny. Like, I, I'm friends with one of uh, my old music teachers on, you know, social media. And I remember being in her class distinctly. And um, she was, you know, she would have us play these different songs on, like, piano. And, you know, we would sing. And I just was never into it. I, like, I almost hated it. Like, you know what I mean? And I don't even like using the word hate, but I almost hated it. Because it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I know now seeing, like her seeing me like over in Europe and, you know, all over the internet doing this and doing that. She's hit me up before and said like, you know, this is, this is crazy. Like you're a huge inspiration to me. And it's just like, you don't even understand how bad I didn't want to be in your class when I was in it. <laughs> and the fact that you were teaching music is even more ironic. Um, knowing that this is what I do now, but you know, that's life is funny, man. Life just has a funny way of just, you know, Certain things happen and it's almost like unexplainable, but at the same time, it's all about, you know, where you set yourself up to be, I guess. Well, I, I definitely think it has a lot to do with curriculum and them like just forcing like this is the type of music you have to do rather than being like, we're going to let you explore your own creativity. So, yeah. but man, speaking of the unexplainable, uh, it brings me to my last question. It's probably going to be one of the hardest questions I ask, um, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once, can be any genre of music, cannot be your own music, what would it be? One album, I would say Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And the reason why is because she covers so many topics. She talks about so many different things. It's a beautiful album. Um, just the way that she, you know, she's a, an amazing singer. She's an, an amazing lyricist. Um, and it just covers all the bases, honestly. Like, when you listen to that album, you get everything. And everything just sounds so beautiful, man. It's like, that's like, I feel like that is like the closest to like a perfect album. You know what I mean? And it's perfect because, it's, again, it's like just the range of emotions that she that she covers. You know what I mean? Like, I love 
like when I listen to uh, Sade, I love the way that she sings about love. You know what I mean? Like loving, like a, a woman loving a man. Like that's what I love because I get that from her. When I listen to Drake, I listen to, you know, we, we, we know what we listen to Drake for, right? We listen to Drake because he, he can convey emotion from a man about a woman in a way that a lot of people can't, you know what I mean? When I listen to Jay-Z, Jay-Z makes me want to go out and go make a million dollars because he did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and those elements, like with those different things, not saying that Lauren Hill covers all those elements, but she, like, she found a way to, on that album, the particular emotions that she chose to talk about, the particular things that she chose to talk about, she just did it perfectly. Like, there is no other way to kind of put it. It's like, she did it perfectly, man. Like, and I just have a great deal of respect for that album and just Lauren uh, as an artist, period, man. Like, she's one of my favorites, hands down. Um, but that would be the album that I would say. Like, you know what I mean? That would be the one. Miss Education on Lauren Hill. I love that. Um, and, you know, I agree. I think, I think what she did incredibly well in that album was be a strong, powerful woman also vulnerable and show her emotions and what it was like to have the complexity of all of those things while also being a mother and talking about her relationships with with people in her life. And I think that's what it does so well. Is like you don't look at her at any point during that and go, you've downplayed yourself. It's like you're going through these struggles, but you've remained strong and you've remained to be that presence of like womanhood and, and still, I don't know it was, it's real complex. And, and I thought that she did it such an amazing job as well to, to explore all those things and all her relationships between, you know, her partners to her, her son and, and everything in between. So yeah, man, I always say, I always think it's, it's one of the best albums and one of the best albums that did the most for hip hop as well. I think it just showed a lot of people what you could do. Facts. I agree with you for sure. It's an amazing work for sure. Well, man, I always appreciate when artists come on and share and, and be honest and open and authentic and never thought we would talk about art the way we spoke about art, but that's why I'd, I love not planning the shows. But obviously, Jay Skis came through. Um, please make sure you check him out. He's obviously got big things in the work as we spoke about. He's signed with Conway the Machine and you know that Conway drops absolute gold. So you're definitely going to do the same. Um, project just came out, the authenticity check. So make sure you check that out and follow him on Spotify, IG. As we said, he's on Twitter and everything in between. But man, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Anything else you wanted to shout out? Uh, nah, man. Sure, you know, you already know, man. Shout out to Drumwork Music. Shout out to Conway the Machine, of course. Um, all my people affiliated with Drumwork. All my people affiliated with the homies, man. Ocho, you know, it's everything for Weez, man. That's what we do. And like you said, man, just go follow me on all platforms at J-Skees, J-A-E-S-K-E-E-S-E. You can tap into the website, too. It's Revolver, R-V-L-V-R, Loaded. Dot com. You can always tap in there. I got merch on there. I got music on there. So just make sure you slide through there and go check it out. And man, like I said, everything for Weez, you already know. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. 
Bye for now.